Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Are you a born-again Christian with Catholic friends or family members? Have you struggled with how to bring up the truth of Jesus' salvation? I had the same problem. So I put together a free ebook, The Catholic Mission Field in Our Backyards. It's a guide to help you start the conversation and plant the seed that will get them thinking, am I missing something? Check it out. It's a free download on my website. You'll find the link in the show notes. Oh, please let me know if it helped you. Jeremiah chapter 2. Once being a faithful people, blinded by paganism, they abandoned God. The honeymoon was over fast. It didn't take much for the Israelites once they made it to the promised land to abandon the one true God. After God rescued them from slavery, led them for 40 years in the wilderness to a fruitful land, they became blinded by the pagan worship practices of their neighbors. They ended up like an unfaithful bride who defiles what is, was holy. In this chapter, God reveals his true feelings about Israel. How does he feel about us today? Let's dig in. Jeremiah 2, the Lord's case against his people. This is Jeremiah writing. The Lord gave me another message. He said, go and shout this message to Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. I remember how eager you were to please me as a young bride long ago, how you loved me and followed me even through the barren wilderness. In those days, Israel was holy to the Lord, the first of his children. All who harmed his people were declared guilty and disaster fell on them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Listen to the word of the Lord, people of Jacob, all you families of Israel. This is what the Lord says. What did your ancestors find wrong with me that led them to stray so far from me? They worshipped worthless idols only to become worthless themselves. They did not ask, where is the Lord who brought us safely out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness, a land of deserts and pits, a land of drought and death where no one lives or even travels? 
And when I brought you to a fruitful land to enjoy its bounty and goodness, you defiled my land and corrupted the possession I had promised you. The priests did not ask, where is the Lord? Those who taught my word ignored me. The rulers turned against me. The prophets spoke in the name of Baal, wasting their time on worthless idols. Therefore, I will bring my case against you, says the Lord. I will bring charges against your children's children in the years to come. Go west and look in the land of Cyprus. Go east and search through the land of Kedar. Has anyone ever heard of anything as strange as this? Has any nation ever traded its little g-gods for new ones, even though they are not gods at all? Yet my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. The heavens are shocked at such a thing and shrink back in horror and dismay, says the Lord. For my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water. They have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. The results of Israel's sin, verse 14. Why has Israel become a slave? Why has he been carried away as plunder? Strong lions have roared against him and the land has been destroyed. The town, the towns are now in ruins and no one lives in them anymore. Egyptians marching from their cities of Memphis and Caphanes have destroyed Israel and Israel's glory and power. And you have brought this upon yourselves by rebelling against the Lord your God, even though he was leading you on the way. What have you gained by your alliances with Egypt and your co covenants with Assyria? What good to you are the streams of the Nile or the waters of the Euphrates River? Your wickedness will bring its own punishment. Your turning from me will shame you. You will see what an evil, bitter thing it is to abandon the Lord your God and not fear him. I, the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Long ago, I broke the yoke that oppressed you and tore away the chains of your slavery. But still you said, I will not serve you. On every hill and under every green tree, you have prostituted yourselves by bowing down to idols. But I was the one who planted you, choosing the vine of the purest stock, the very best. How did you grow into this corrupt wild vine? No amount of soap or lye can make you clean. I still see the stain of your guilt. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. Israel, an unfaithful wife, verse 23. You say, that's not true. I haven't worshiped the images of Baal. But how can you say that? Go and look in any valley in the land. Face the awful sins you have done. You are like a restless female camel desperately searching for a mate. You are like a wild donkey sniffing the wind at mating time. Who can restrain her lust? Those who desire her don't need to search, for she goes running to them. When will you stop running? When will you stop panting after other little g-gods? But you say, save your breath. I am, I'm in love with these foreign gods, and I can't stop 
loving them now. Israel is like a thief who feels shame only when he gets caught. They, their kings, officials, priests, and prophets are all like in this. To an image carved from a piece of wood, they say, you are my father. To an idol chiseled from a block of stone, they say, you are my mother. They turn their backs on me, but in times of trouble, they cry out to me, come and save us. But why not call on these gods you have made when trouble comes? Let them save you if they can. For you have as many gods as there are towns in Judah. Why do you accuse me of doing wrong? You are the ones who have rebelled, says the Lord. I have punished your children, but they did not respond to my discipline. You yourselves have killed your prophets as a lion kills its prey. Oh, my people, listen to the words of the Lord. Have I been like a desert to Israel? Have I been to them like a, a, a land of darkness? Why then do my people say at last we are free from God? Why we don't need him anymore. Does a young woman forget her jewelry or a bride her wedding dress? Yet for years on end, my people have forgotten me. How you plot and scheme to win your lovers. Even an experienced prostitute could learn from you. Your clothing is stained with the blood of the innocent and the poor, though you didn't catch them breaking into your house. And yet you say, I have done nothing wrong. Surely God isn't angry with me. But now I will punish you severely because you claim you have not sinned. First here, then there, you flit from one ally to another asking for help. But your new friends in Egypt will let you down, just as Assyria did before. In despair, you will be led into exile with your hands on your heads. For the Lord has rejected the nations you trust. They will not help you at all. It's the end of Jeremiah chapter 2. Israel is God's bride. What does an unfaithful nation look like? What once was a holy relationship was defiled and corrupted. Like a forsaken husband, God was brokenhearted and angry. He was with them constantly during the Exodus, yet once let loose in the promised land, the land of milk and honey, the people first neglected God. They stopped going to temple or church. They stopped reading and teaching the law, that is the word of the Bible, and they stopped praying to God. They didn't pass the, on the commandments and the law to the next generations. They also found substitu substitutions. Here's where paganism comes in. Paganism, AKA idolatry, is worshiping, venerating, basically putting anything above or before worshiping the one true God. For the Israelites, it was the false gods of their neighbors, non-existent gods, the little g-gods. They worshiped pieces of wood, stone, or metal, even nature. In our world, people worship material things, money, self, fame, fortune, nature, and people idols, both living and dead. It's all the same thing. And they forgot God altogether. Knowing about God versus a relationship with God. You can be a Bible scholar, yet not know God personally. I once marveled at a young man who was getting baptized. He must have been 12 or 13. He said, I used to have head knowledge of Jesus, and that wasn't enough. Now I have heart knowledge. 
that's having Jesus in your heart, having a relationship with him, having him as your personal savior. Jesus didn't suffer torture and die so we could have religion. He died so he could have a relationship with you. That's the difference. A cracked cistern. God calls the people a cracked cistern. A cistern is a large container and its sole purpose is to collect rainwater. A cracked cistern is about as useless for holding water as a sieve or a colander. Jesus offers us a fountain of living water that never dries up. He is constantly nourishing us spiritually. Political alliances. In verse 18, Jeremiah mentions political alliances. The other, you know, um, asking the other countries for help. The Israelites who left slavery in Egypt were free and actually go back to Egypt seeking protection from the Babylonians. That doesn't make sense. Why go back to a country that enslaved you? I love what Pastor, Ad Pastor Sandy Adams has to say about that. I quote, in fact, here is the theme that emerges in the book of Jeremiah. Political alliances are worthless. Only a loyalty to God can guarantee a nation's security. I wish America had ears to hear that truth. We once had a rich, spiritual, even Christian heritage, but it's gone now. We're the secular society. We've forgotten God, taken credit for his blessings. In our world today, if you stand for God, chances are you'll have to do it alone. Following Jesus leads a person down paths of loneliness and through times of discouragement. And this is why Jeremiah will be such a help to us. He's been where we're headed. We can draw tremendous help and support from Jeremiah. Again, that was Pastor Sandy Adams. No amount of soap or lie can make you clean. Oof, what a line. All your good deeds and religious rites cannot cleanse you of your sin. God sees everything that you've done, do now, and are planning to do. Are you really sorry you sinned or are you just sorry you got caught? Because of the instant gratification culture we live in, we jump to the first solution to our problem with no moral concern. Isn't that what's wrong with the world? Verse 33 says, your clothing is stained with the blood of the innocent and the poor. Since Roe versus Wade in 1973, 62 and a half million babies have been murdered. A sacrifice to the Moloch gods of our day, pride, career, vanity, plans, etc. Lives that were inconvenienced. As Sandy, Pastor Sandy Adams says, there's now blood on her skirts, and God certainly sees the innocent blood on the skirts of America, quote unquote. Seeking in the wrong places. People today go from church to church looking for a preacher who will make them feel good. That's not the church you want. That's a church that's preaching a watered down gospel, a feel good gospel, a false gospel taught by false prophets. Some are still caught up in the slavery of religious paganism, rites and rituals that get you nowhere. A few days ago was the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. It's a mostly Mexican Catholic celebration of a supposed apparition of the Virgin Mary. I saw this graphic on Twitter. You got to click on over to my blog to take a look at this thing. 
It is full of paganism. You can see all of the references to the Aztecs, astrology, sun, moon, and angel worship. Incredible. All these apparitions of Mary are from Satan. The devil wants the people as far away from Jesus as possible. And I've embedded two videos of pastors talking about the truth about the Virgin of Guadalupe, one of them, and, um, and apparitions of Mary. Jesus is true church. Today, the church is the bride of Christ. Church, in this case, doesn't mean everybody who attends a church or even calls themselves Christian. No, Jesus' bride is his born-again believers, the people who have heard the good news and believe it wholeheartedly, those who have fully repented of their sins and turned their lives around, those who have been baptized, showing the world and themselves that they are new creations in Christ. Finally, they are the ones who have the Holy Spirit in their hearts. We are the church. We are the chosen ones, the children of God. We are the bride waiting for the groom to come and get us in the rapture. And you can join us in the truth. And Jesus told us in Revelation 3.20, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Time to let him in. What are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and comfort and hope of eternal life. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. If you're a born-again believer helping a Catholic friend or family member start reading the Bible, it's a great idea to give them one. But which version or translation would be a good one for them? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain, everyday English. And I know many evangelical Christians are very much attached to the King James Version. That's fine if that's what you grew up with. Remember, Catholics have grown up with priests and nuns telling them they don't need to read the Bible. All they have to do is trust the church to teach them what they need to know, only they don't, and that's the problem. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and thous and stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version, or the NIV, and that was the best for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New King James Version, or NKJV, and the New Living Translation, the NLT. I'm now an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen three study Bibles that will be a great gift for that Catholic or progressive friend whom you'd like to help get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. They are also a great, they're also great for the new Christian believer check them out. The link is in the show notes. And by the way, all commissions will be donated to one or more of the Bible translating ministries listed on my site. So give the gift of the word of God and help spread the word while you're at it. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. 
I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.